everyone. This is Founders 365 with me, Stephen Haggerty. And today I have Brianne Soisha on the podcast, but she's just dotted out of it video. But that's all good. She's back. She's back. Brianne, how are you today? Good, thank you. Sorry, work from home problems. I have a five-year-old, so I was telling it's, her not to come in. It's all good. I was actually, half, I don't know why, but in my head, I was half expecting you to come back into shot with a puppy. Oh, yeah. That's the first thing that I have one of those too. Yeah. So, a puppy and a five-year-old, you're doing well. Yes. But, Brianne, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're on here. Um, so, you're the founder of Financial Yogi. Yes. Which maybe could have a little bit of a mixed message, I guess. It's like, are you a yoga instructor? Are you a financial person? But I'm going to let you do an overview of what Financial Yogi is and who and sort of what you represent as a brand. Sure. So yes, my brand is Financial Yogi and I am not a yoga instructor. So the reason that my brand is Financial Yogi is because I am an avid yoga practitioner. So I practice yoga about one and a half hours a day, six times a week. So I have a very disciplined practice, but I have found that many of the lessons that we learn from yoga and being healthy and balanced apply in the financial world as well. And a lot of lessons that I learn on the mat are then transferred over to how I interact with my clients and really the philosophy that I believe in behind investing and becoming financially secure and financially free. Amazing. That's such a good mantra to live by, right? Yeah. yeah. It's uh, So financial wellness, let's put it that way, is super interesting to me because in the world, there seems to be a real divide of people that sort of just understand money and make money work for them. And then there's people that always struggle with it right there's people that just cannot seem to get money to work for them however the same opportunities are there for everyone so in your opinion why is it that some people are just better with the financial management side of things and would you know hire someone like yourself versus someone that isn't but even if they do have the funds to do so yeah well, I think that question has many answers, but I do believe a lot of it does start from, you know, childhood and the life that we're born into. So obviously I do believe that, you know, we're not all coming into this world with the same um, opportunities. Um, so, you know, I, I was fortunate enough, and this is part of my story and I'll tell it, but I was fortunate enough to have a father who was a financial advisor. So I was told, you know, you will go to college, you will invest. Now, not everybody has that. Um, I think some people are just really self-starters and they're really self-motivated. Um, you know, they have that drive in them to become financially successful. You know, so I, I think it's a little bit of both, nature and nurture. Definitely. So let's talk about that then. Let's talk about the fact that, you know, your father was a financial advisor uh, and you grew up around the, you know, the language, the lingo, all of that stuff. Do you think even if you didn't go into becoming a financial advisor yourself, you would still have that foundation of good, good money management? Yeah. And going back to your previous question, I do think that a lot of it has to do with how much education we're given. You know, mm. so we all know there's not a lot of financial education in the schools. Um, there is more so today. Um, when we were growing up, not so much, but, you know, I had that education at home. 
So, you know, again, I was never going to become a financial advisor. I never wanted to become a financial advisor, actually. Um, I believed that it was, you know, the devil and, you know, everybody had this bad image of you as a financial advisor that you you were going to, you know, take advantage of people. But um, yeah, you know, from a very young age, my dad was like, okay, here's your first credit card and you're going to start using it because you need to build your credit but you're going to pay off the balance every single month. And you know that to this day, I still have the same credit card since I was like 17 years old and I'm 42 now. And that's the only credit card I have besides my business credit card. And I still pay the balance off every single month. (laughs) You must be one of their preferred customers, I would say. Yeah, my credit Um, limit is pretty high. Yeah, that's brilliant. (laughs) Um, So you mentioned that you never wanted to go into financial services. What made, what made you, what, what was that switch that you just thought, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give this a go. Yeah. So my dad used to always joke that I was switched at birth because I have three brothers and a sister and they were all entrepreneurial from the very beginning, opened their own businesses, self-employed. And I was the save, I'm going to save the world kind of girl. So after I got out of college, I joined what's called Teach for America, and you have to commit to teaching two years in an under-resourced school. So you either get sent to the city or to the countryside here. And so I was a young, struggling single mom. I had just gotten divorced. Um, I had a baby, she was 18 months old, and I was a single mom as an elementary school teacher. And um, I was starving to death. So I was trying to make my mortgage. I would have to tutor long you know, into the night after school, leave my daughter in daycare. And then my dad got sick with cancer. And he knew that it was terminal and that he was only going to live for a few more years. And he said, I'll never forget it. He said, you're spending too much time making a living and not enough time making a life. Quit quit teaching and I'll pay your expenses for one year and you can have my business. So my sister was actually already a financial advisor and had been in the business. And so um, it was very bittersweet. I got to sit with my dad for a year and it was like one day to the year, you know, exactly what he said, study, get all your licenses and I'll hand you the business. And that's exactly how it happened. And then he passed away about a year later. Oh, sorry to hear about that, but what an amazing um, lesson to leave you with. Yeah. And you know, I'm so fortunate. I'm so blessed to inherit a business. I know that. But, you know, I have to say that being a teacher, there was safety and security in that because even though the paycheck was small, you knew that it was coming every two weeks. And people thought like, oh, you took over your dad's business. Like, you know, that's a gold mine. Well, the financial industry is not the same as it was when he was a financial advisor. He was called more of like a stockbroker, you know, and every time he bought a stock for someone or placed a trade, he made money. But that's not how it is. Um, and so when I took over his business, I was actually making less in the beginning than what I was making as a teacher. So it wasn't, I mean, yes, the opportunity was there. Don't get me wrong, but I still had to build his business and shape it to what it's become today. How did you deal with the, the mindset shift then from having that stability of, you know, being a teacher, like you said, having that paycheck versus the not the un- fully unknown, but it is still that unknown, the fact that you have to go out there and now build the business up again and, uh, 
you know bring in and, and get to know the clients even if you were you know inherited them they don't know you yeah i always say that's the biggest leap of faith i ever took was you know saying yes because there was a moment when i was like no thanks like i don't want to become a financial advisor no thank you i'll just stay a teacher the rest of my life um but yeah that was one of the hardest parts knowing that i was the one responsible responsible to bring in that paycheck Mm. Uh, i'm the type of person who doesn't want to fail so i just tried everything and anything until you know it worked um, but I remember people said, you can always keep your teaching license. You can always come back. And in the back of my mind, I was like, no way, because that's failure. And yeah. so I actually let my teaching licenses expire so that I didn't have that opportunity. There was no way back. No. Nope. Amazing. So, so when did you start building the brand around the financial yogi side of things? Because that's such a unique brand uh, and one that is so on point in terms of marketing right now. Yeah, so that was a few years ago. I was part of this women's networking group and we would start every meeting with talking about like a personal success and then a business success. And the ladies were like, you're always talking about yoga. Like you have to find some way to blend that and you're the financial yogi. And then it just kind of took on a life of its own. And also, you know, I'm young when it comes to being a financial advisor, I'm a woman. Um, and so I knew that I needed to set myself apart. Mm-hmm. And a lot of obviously advertising is done through social media these days. So, you know, who wants to read like boring market updates on social media? Yeah. Um, and I just knew that those things weren't working from what I could see from other financial advisors. So I knew that I had something that was different and captivating, but also really resonated with my values. Yeah, 100%. And in terms of, you know, you mentioned the fact that in terms of financial industry, it, it, it there is seems to be sort of an old school mentality and a and a new school mentality. How do you how do you make sure that every day that you're still motivated? Because I'm sure that sometimes you must see things and just think, why are people writing that or why are people doing that? Uh, and really questioning the industry that you're in. So how do you keep yourself motivated to? inspire and and create that sort of content that you know is going to hit hit your target audience on the head that's a good question well i mean i listen to a lot of podcasts i read a lot of books i try to stay educated and i just try to keep in mind that not every single person is going to be my ideal client so i don't want to attract everyone and people who you know want to do it themselves or people who aren't coachable you know those aren't my ideal clients So my ideal client is not necessarily the richest person around. It's the person who is most motivated to, you know, have that financial freedom and live the life of their dreams and want the support. So, and I just know that not, not everybody's like that. So I only want to attract the people who want the help and who want to do the right things. Love that. And I'm going to ask a really broad question, but. I'm really interested because obviously you're in the States, you're in, you're in uh, Vegas, I'm here in sunny old England, and uh, I'm really interested to know what you think the, just the state of the financial industry is like in the States at the moment, with all that's going on and, and perhaps even how you find, how you may predict that it's going to change. Yeah, so I'd say that there's just a, you know, an overall sense of uncertainty right now. 
So we are fortunate. We have, you know, a lot of programs that have been put into place. I'm not sure how much you know, but, you know, um, people are receiving individual stimulus checks and there's a lot of programs for small business owners that my clients and even myself have taken advantage of. In terms of the actual stock market, you know, my clients were panicked at first. So I was joking. I wish I could have just had my voice on a recording (laughs) saying the same thing over and over again. Because Should I go to cash? No. Why not? Shouldn't I go to cash? No. Here's why you don't go to cash. You know, and I was just on social media every day trying to provide that education. And um, I think people are are pretty scared. It's calmed down a little bit right now, but I think everybody's kind of just in a wait and see, you know, how bad is this going to get? Mm. Because a lot of things have been done to stop the bleeding. But the one thing that is still uncertain is that, you know, the number of cases of coronavirus is not, you know, steadily decreasing yet. Mm -hmm. And until that happens, we're not going to know. Yeah. The the wait and see is always an interesting one for me. You know, what do you think needs to happen for people to sort of, remove some of that fear and and feel comfortable in investing again feel comfortable with you know looking at investments on an all-round basis yeah i think that they're going to need to know that um like have some sort of idea when the economy is going to come back to life Mm. obviously the longer this lasts the worse the effects are going to be so i don't think people are going to start feeling confident again until you know it's under control yeah definitely um, so tell me one thing that I'm really interested to know. Do you enjoy running your own business and being a financial, uh, specialist financial advisor? Oh yes. I love it. <laughs> if you weren't doing this, what do you think you would be doing? I have the best life ever. People are like, don't you miss being a teacher? Like, no. no. <laughs> I always joke, you know, like, um, my, bachelor's degree was in psychology and sociology i have a master's in elementary ed and you don't even need a college degree to become a financial advisor and i make five times as much money as i ever did um no i love it i love being an entrepreneur all the roller coaster rides are worth every second Mm. of the freedom that i have you know um i have a very blessed life i drop my girls off at school i work from nine to three and then i get to become a mom again in the evening and i i I keep it pretty small like i don't i don't want to grow where i'm managing other advisors i have one full-time assistant and i just feel like the sky's the limit and as long as you always always i think the most important thing to always have in the forefront of your mind is that you're here to serve others Mm. and if you're here to serve others you know and you do the most you can in terms of learning and educating yourself and serving your clients um you have every opportunity in the world definitely let's let's talk about financial education then um you know you mentioned earlier that in schools and um, high schools it's it's probably not the best in terms of what they should be doing it's even here in the uk you know i don't remember studying you know what stocks and shares were uh, i found out about that in my own time um but why do you think it's not becoming that core factor in terms of okay this is what kids need to learn let's build their financial future 
Yeah, I don't know. There's definitely a disconnect there. It's pretty mm -hmm. sad. Um, but I will say my daughter's in junior high and I went on a field trip with her. Um, they did a financial education field trip where it was like a simulation um, where, you know, they were investing and they had to learn about life insurance. And so I think it's coming and I have hopes. We do have some programs in the schools here. Like even back when I was a teacher 10 years ago, I had someone come in my second grade classroom and teach about, you know, supply and demand. Um, I don't know what it is. Why don't they want us to be smart and, you know, financially successful? <laughs> exactly right. Uh, but there is also, there's just so much information out there now, you know, with YouTube, podcasts, books, everything. Do you think there's a there's also a risk that people could be overwhelmed with that amount of information and get stuck with it? Yeah, I definitely think there's pros and cons. You know, it empower it's empowering that you can go out and you can learn things yourself. But a lot of the financial concepts that we know as a financial planner are very complicated. And, you know, people are like, well, you're going to be replaced because of the robo-advisor and people can just invest themselves. But you know what? Computer software will never take the place of sound advice. Yeah. And software is not going to tell you whether or not you're allowed to contribute to this account or that account or, you know. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, living in the world of information technology is a beautiful thing but it can also have its adverse consequences as well yeah definitely uh, you know you meant you mentioned that you have a five-year-old how are you how are you educating her with her financial future i mean that field trip sounds well, I, amazing i don't know if i am yet um i can imagine you in that field trip though everyone was looking at you going what should i do should i be should yeah I be yeah the, t the teacher's like hey i heard you might be interested in this field trip <laughs> um I don't pay my five-year-old an allowance or any of that stuff yet, but um, my 13-year-old, she definitely knows. You know, she asks us questions all the time, so I hope that I'm doing the right thing. And more importantly than just, you know, do you know what a stock and a bond is? I want to show my girls that, you know what, you can grow up and you can have your own business and you can be a boss and you can live the life of your dreams if you want to. And I, I think that I am... Um, portraying that. I, I'll tell one quick story. Um, so last October, I actually left my family and I went to India for an entire month. Wow. And, you know, I had mixed feelings about it, but, you know, leaving my children was pretty hard. Um, but I, I had everything ready. Like I had my girls' school uniforms laid out for 30 days and Halloween costume. <laughs> I told them I'd bring them back a puppy, and I did. I brought a puppy home from India. You probably heard it barking. Um, but, you know, even though I had that mommy guilt, I thought, you know what? One day my girls are going to look back on this 30 days, and they're going to remember that their mom was following her dreams. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So, yeah. How important is it for you to do things like that for yourself and, and keep that mindset and growth? Oh, so important because... You know, sometimes I feel like I'm being selfish, but, you know, being a business owner and a mom is hard mm -hmm. and you have to, you know, it's like putting your mask on first in the airplane. You have to take care of yourself if you want to be able to take care of your clients and your kids. And that's why I wake up before the sun rises every morning and I practice yoga for an hour and a half because that's the only time I ever get alone, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I think you do have to 
this sounds selfish, but I think you have to put yourself and your health and wellness first before you can take care of others. Yeah, definitely. I think the I love I've I've always loved that the saying of the put your put your get you know put your oxygen mask on first before you can help anyone else. Uh, it, it's just so underused still. You know, people the the selflessness and the selfishness that you mentioned is all is always going to crop up. Uh, but I, I truly believe to be selfless, you have to be selfish. Um, yes. You know, you have to look after yourself. You know, you have to be there for your kids. You have to be there for your family, for your clients, all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's so great that you have this awareness of what you need. Because I think without that, it's when people have that really dangerous side of, of going into burnout and, and ended up, uh, you know, I know so many people that, well, not so many people, that's a bit of exaggeration, but I know a lot of people that, started their own businesses and and they don't have that space for themselves they end up you know almost resenting their business uh and of course because they resent their business what does that do that impacts their clients impacts their growth and then they wonder why am i why they're not making money all those other options out there um so it's really lovely to hear that you you took that time out for yourself uh, and i hope that becomes a ritual as well you know something that you do every year uh take I take That'd be amazing, but just don't come back with a puppy every year. I know, I'll have 10 dogs. Yeah, exactly. Every time you get on a plane, your daughters will be like, is she going to bring us back a puppy? Yeah, Yeah. she is. I would love to just jump into the future a little bit and just find out what your intentions are with the Financial Yogi brand uh, and if you've got any big things coming up in store, well, as much as you can plan in the future right now. Yeah, so I don't know, even though we're in quarantine, I don't know why I do this to myself, but... I just wrote an ebook. Um, I just hosted a webinar because I don't have enough to do, right? Um, no, but you know, it's just I want to continue the business growth. So obviously, my objective is to acquire more clients. Um, I'd like to, you know, for myself personally, I want to retire early because I want to walk the talk. Yeah. Um, I'd love to, you know, retire when I'm 55, and you know be able to do whatever I want for the rest of my life, even though I do pretty much do everything I want to do right now. Um, You know, collaborations with people, podcasting like this, um, learning everything I can about social media. I mean, at the end of the day, I think it, you know, the main business objective is obviously to gather more clients so that your business can grow. So I try to, you know, hit that however I can. <laughs> one of my one of my uh, one of my final questions. I've got two more questions for you. First being is, what made you really focus on social media, where so many other advisors and financial people almost hide behind this website or hide behind this facade of whatever they've created? But you're really open. You're really out there. You're really personable. What made you do that? Well, I I do. I listen to a lot of podcasts and read a lot of books. And there's, you know, I always go back to that um, saying of like one to one, you're going to hit so many less people than one to many. Mm -hmm. So while, yes, I'm always trying to be out there in the community, having coffee with people and centers of influence and all that, you can just reach such a wider audience on social media um, and touch more people. Exactly. And that's the intention, right? You, you definitely have this vibe of not only wanting more clients, obviously, like every business does, but 
that really sincere of you want to help people, you want to really educate people, which is so nice to hear. Uh, I watched some of your YouTube videos the other day and uh, I was like, yeah, she is someone that really loves to help people, uh, which is exactly why I wanted you on the show as well, because oh, thank you. that's what it's about, right? There's, I think there's a big, especially in times like this, there's a big compassion side of things going around. You know, people are being much more open to wanting to help others. But if it's already in your values, you know you're going to go far. Uh, so it's definitely in your values, which is lovely to see. Uh, so my final question, Rianne, is if you could give, and I ask this to everyone, but if you could give three bits of advice to someone that is perhaps, I love the breathing in there. <laughs> I, I never prep people for this question either. I really, maybe I should stop being nice and just go, by the yeah, way, think of three bits of advice. But you've got this, I know you do. But three bits of advice for, uh, you know, someone that perhaps can be improving their financial well-being uh just really simple steps that they can take that it can help them in the future okay so the first one that comes to mind is meet with every single person you can in your own field so get rid of the idea of competition so collaboration over competition if you are open and you start an ask with i want to learn from you I think that's one of the best things you can do. I met with as many financial advisors as I could in the beginning and just asked them about their systems, their processes, and I just took notes, you know, and I, I wanted to learn the best pieces of advice from people who have actually done what I'm doing. Um, so find people in your field. Um, this is almost the same, but find mentors in your field. So Find people who you really look up to, who do things well, that you want to do well with, that you don't think you're good at. So find those geniuses with social media. You know, if you don't like technology, find someone who's good at it. Um, you know, if you're in the finance industry, pick the brains of all of the people at the finance companies. So find your mentors in your industry um, who will teach you what you need to know. And then this is going to sound cliche, but never give up because I've been in the business 10 years now and I still am on a roller coaster ride of emotions being an entrepreneur. I was like all excited. Like I was telling somebody I'm not having any anxiety dreams because they were saying everybody in quarantine is experiencing these anxiety dreams. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm fine. And then I woke up the next morning and I realized I was dreaming about like split screen video and like how to post a split screen video. And I was like, oh. You know, so you're always going to have that roller coaster ride of emotions as an entrepreneur. You're going to have those great days and then you're going to have really not so good days and learning to kind of steady your emotions and just keep going. Exactly. Brianne, thank you so much for that. I told you you had that in the bag. That was perfect. Yeah. It's uh, my, my final, final question is if anyone wants to get in touch with you, perhaps speak to you more about financial yogi, speak to you more about their financial well-being. What's the best way for them to do that? Sure. So my website is financial-yogi.com. And on Facebook, you'll find me at Brianne Sosha, Financial Yogi. And LinkedIn, Brianne Sosha. There's, there's how you spell my name. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Brianne, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, you've given, delivered loads of value. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how you, guys, how you develop and, and take, where, take the Financial Yogi brand. Thank you for having me. No worries. Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching The Spin Founders 365 with me, Stephen Agassi. Have a great day.